Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is 110 Tech Talk underway. Saturday is between 1 and 2 o'clock. Here on CCO, Doug Swinhart has joined us in studio. Your calls and texts always welcome at 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807 if you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever. By all means, give us a call. Certainly one of the big stories this week, the Federal Communications Commission voted Thursday to dismantle rules regulating the businesses that connect consumers to the Internet, granting broadband companies the power to potentially reshape Americans' online experience. The agency scrapped the so-called net neutrality regulations that prohibited broadband providers from blocking websites or charging for higher quality service or certain content. The federal government will also no longer regulate regulate high-speed Internet delivery as if it were a utility like phone service. And that story, those first couple of paragraphs, come from the New York Times and the story on that uh, particular decision by the FCC. For me, and I'll say up front, Doug, my, my biggest concern is, is the Internet ultimately is a utility. Correct. Uh, I, I consider it uh, like uh, power, uh, natural gas, uh, phone service. Once upon a time, not, not a lot of us have hardwired phones coming into the house. But uh, those were considered all utilities, uh, sewer service, water service, those types of things uh, that, that come into all of our homes and businesses. But uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. We can hope, and the hope is, I'm sure, the FCC at the marketplace and competition will take care of the issues folks are concerned about. Well, yes and no. Uh, This is a a huge step backwards, in my opinion. There are already multiple lawsuits by states and companies that are jumping up um, what when they say to overcharge or to charge differently for content, that doesn't always go directly on a consumer's bill. Let's keep in mind how this whole thing started. If you or I were a CenturyLink or a Comcast customer and we bought Netflix and we were streaming Netflix and all of a sudden that provider said, wait a minute, instead of selling pay-per-views, or instead of selling HBO or Showtime, these guys are getting it cheaper by filtering it through Amazon Prime, for example, or Netflix. So what they did was they actually slowed down Netflix so it really was difficult to watch. That's really where it began. So today, with net neutrality rules, it might not mean that that Xfinity, for example, well, you watch a lot of Netflix, so we want another 20 bucks a month from you. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is it's going to be, okay, Netflix wants to stream through Xfinity, and Xfinity is going to say, well, you know, you gotta, you got to cover some of the charges for that bandwidth, which ultimately is going to make your Netflix account 
expense increase. Eventually, it's going to come back to the consumer, I believe. But it's it's kind of over, but it ain't over yet. Yeah, and, and I would agree. A lot of it revolves around video content. And the, the landscape has changed. For years and years, I was either direct TV or dish to get television. Yes. I put an antenna on my roof. I get all the local channels for free in HD, spectacular, great picture quality. And then for all the other stuff, like maybe Fox Sports North, I uh, use my PS4 and buy a package called View, and I think I spend 40 bucks a month. Correct. And I'm able to get the sports channels, which is part of the gig here is keeping an eye on sports and the sports teams and so on and so forth. Absolutely. So, so it is part of the work. Um, that landscape has changed dramatically in the last five years. Oh, yeah. And where folks are getting the content. Now, all of a sudden, if my view becomes hard to watch, I might be more apt to say, hey, Xfinity or hey, CenturyLink, you know, I want to take advantage of your video service. I, I get all of that. So right. it'll be very interesting to see how it all sorts out. I think the biggest concern for all of us is, is if these companies start getting into the business of regulating content. Content control, correct. Or, where they start controlling what you're able to access kind of like they do in other countries around the world for political reasons. If these companies start getting into the business of saying, oh, we don't want you to be able to go to uh, the Fox News website or the CNN website or whatever you're into. I mean, that's just an example. That's where the concerns. And like I say, um, there are going to be lawyers all over this thing oh, for a long, long time. Yeah, this, this is, is just take, the beginning. It's yeah. not the end. Oh, no. And no. And, and another thing that that – that the router people, the people who are really on top of this and have been, the net neutrality folks, another thing that they're talking about is regionalizing news. Uh, just, just as an example, if, if I'm on the Internet right now and I pop open Google and I say, all right, I want the Asia version of Google, I don't get the same news from that Google as I do the U.S. version. It's still translated in English so I can read it. Uh, same thing as if I want to go to to BBC.com and I want to check and see how, what the UK has to say about our politics. Yeah, the, the, you the, get a different view from another country. They're they're outside looking in. So if you really and my fear is that these things will become regionalized like television. Yeah. And part of the part of the argument about well the news media doesn't come through and. Uh, I'm not going to ever use the term fake news because I think that the media does a tremendous job of doing their best to be unbiased. But we are all human, and I get that as well. But what I fear is the fact that what happens if all I'm going to get now is what the advertisers will allow by spending their advertising dollar and not insulting their particular view. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing to watch. I totally agree is on uh, the availability of content. Full content. Yeah, and and uh, how available it is going forward. Because really, we're, we're still in this age, and we've talked about it before over the years on this program, that uh, the Internet, as we know it, is still the Wild West. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's still, we're still trying to get our arms around What's cool? What's not cool? Uh, financial transactions, uh, how how people manage their business online. 
is still being sorted out here in 2017, and that will go on for a long, long time. So uh, my my hope is through this argument. See, now the flip side to this: if I'm a Xfinity customer and I have an AT and T cell phone. The instant I walk into my house, my cell phone, instead of using the 4G internet through the resources at AT&T that I'm paying for, automatically connects to my Wi-Fi, and my cell phone internet is actually coming from Xfinity, which, while I'm on that cell phone, really they're not making a nickel. We're just using their resources. So this whole thing is becoming more and more complex about what the consumer actually receives, what they're actually paying for. And a lot of people will be paying for Internet at work and on their smartphone and at home and through their TV. I mean, it gets it gets really bizarre. I, for one, for years and years and years, have said I think each Internet user should have their own external IP address and they should pay per usage regardless of device. And that might actually rein in some of these problems with what people are getting paid for and what they are forced to deliver. So on the corporate side, I get it. I mean, I understand as much as I can. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I I see the bigger picture as well. All right, we're going to throw open the phone lines, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807 here on CCO. If you want to talk to Doug about your computer, hardware, software, whatever. A week ago on the program, uh, recycling old equipment came up, and we talked about Tech Dump, and we're going to learn more about that as well on the program today. Uh, CEO Amanda LaGrange will join us on the program in a moment. It is Tech Talk Saturdays between 1 and 2 o'clock here on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is 123 Tech Talk. We're going to jump to the phone lines and the text lines very shortly. Once again, phone line 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. A week ago, it was a big topic on the program. What do you do with old equipment? And how do you properly recycle old equipment? Well, there's a great organization in town that I've used before uh, myself. Tech Dump CEO Amanda LaGrange joins us on the line. Amanda, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, real quickly, let's just uh, talk about how Tech Dump got started, what it's all about. Yeah, well, Tech Dump's a local nonprofit who uses electronics recycling and refurbishing as a way of doing workforce development and job training. And that's really how we began. We thought, how can we create some sort of business that allows us to do this really important training work? And we landed on electronics recycling. That was back in 2011. Uh, Today, we've grown quite a bit. Actually, this fall, we celebrated our 20 millionth pound process of electronics. Sweet. If you need a visual, that's an Eiffel Tower for you. Uh, So we're very grateful for supporters like you and everyone in the community uh, to properly recycle their items. All right, uh, Amanda, you you have a location in Golden Valley, but you, as you pointed out, branched out. Uh, Tell us uh, where and hours and what you accept. And I know some items uh, you charge a small fee. Absolutely. Uh, our website, which is tech 
dump.org. That O-R-G is always the best place to find information. Uh, we have our Golden Valley facility, which is open Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4.30 p.m., same hours at our St. Paul location, which is in the Midway neighborhood. And then actually last year, we branched out and opened two retail stores called Tech Discounts, where individuals can come and buy warranted refurbished devices. And those also serve as a drop-off location for recycling. Uh, one location in Golden Valley, one in Bloomington. Those hours are a little different than our recycling drop-off. And the website for that is techdiscounts.org. Uh, if I may just jump in. I have sure. sent a number of people to Tech Discounts, and in fact, a real good customer of mine dropped down to the Bloomington store last week. Steve, you're not going to believe this. He buys his grandson a Dell laptop, 8 gigs of RAM, SSD drive, Windows 10 pre-installed. Are you ready? A little less than $300. Wow. They gave him a 30-day warranty and offered him a year warranty for $20 extra. That's And he got this thing home, asked me to connect up to it and take a peek at it remotely. This thing was a smoker. I, the, the buys are there. I, and I, I really think that it's important that we do recycle this equipment. In addition to helping people get work and to, and to gain employment, over and above that, we as a society, we are creating mountains and mountains of garbage on the planet. And the more that we can reduce that, the better stewards of the planet we all are. Yeah. So I, I can't compliment your work enough, Amanda. You do great, great job. Well, I'm glad we're living up to our name. Yeah, the environmental side is so important. And I think especially for techie individuals, they often can create what we call the pile of denial. It's that pile of computers and cables and cords. Maybe there's an old printer in there. And they just stay in kind of a basement or closet. And the message that we continually try to get out to our customers is recycle sooner. If you can go ahead and drop off that iPhone 5S or iPhone 6 that you just retired, there's actually still our ability to wipe the data, make any repairs needed, and get it back into the market, especially for those that may find that refurbished technology is affordable, but that off-the-shelf big box purchase is just too expensive to allow them to do so. All right, Amanda, before I let you go, let, let's talk about the security part of it because people are concerned that maybe they got their photos and some of their other things off their computer, but before they bring it to a facility like Tech Dump, how do you make sure that that uh, hard drive is, is clean and none of that stuff's going to end up in the wrong hands? Well, I always say the best thing that they can do is make sure that they're recycling with a certified recycler. Uh, even really techy individuals, tech-savvy individuals, like I'm sure are listening right now, um, unless you have the proper software and hardware to make sure everything's off, for the average individual, you may not actually still be deleting it off. So when you work with an electronics recycler like TechDump, we've been third-party certified. We hold a, a certification called the Responsible Recycling, or R2 certification. Um, with Every computer that's dropped off, it's included in the drop-off that everything will be destroyed, whether electronically or through a physical destruction. We do want businesses. So actually, at this point, about 60% of our customers are within the commercial space. And for many of those customers, especially ones in maybe healthcare or the legal field, we do offer certificates of destruction where it has my signature on it saying, we guarantee that all data is destroyed. And here's the official paperwork. Weaving that liability tax. 
All right, Amanda, thanks for the update. We'll have to have you back again uh, real soon to talk more about uh, TechDump. Thanks again. And the website? TechDump.org and TechDiscounts.org. Thanks so much for having me today. We look forward to connecting again soon. All right, very good. Amanda LaGrange, CEO of TechDump, joining us on the program. Uh, We promise after a quick break for the weather, we we talked net neutrality and we wanted to get folks up to date on Tech Dump because we did uh, talk about it extensively one week ago that uh, we promise we'll go wall to wall your calls and texts and we'll be brief. So we'll get to as many calls and texts as we can coming up on the program here on a Saturday at CECO. 135 Tech Talk, Doug Swinhart in studio. We're here each and every Saturday between 1 and 2 o'clock. Your calls and texts welcome. We promise calls and texts from here on out. We're going to try and move as quickly as possible because uh, we had a rare interview. Uh, Amanda LaGrange, CEO from Tech Dump, joined us, and uh, we talked some net neutrality. All right, let's get to the phone lines. Uh, let's start. Jerry in St. Paul. Jerry, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hi, gentlemen. Uh, Doug, my sister has a HP computer, Windows 10, and the first year was covered. Uh, any problems you're under the warranty? And after warranty is up, she has problems. She calls Microsoft. Okay, we'll help you out for $149 a year. So she signed up for it. So as time goes by, then she signs up for another year because she had problems for you know, $149 a year. So could Microsoft intentionally be goofing up her computer? Could they do that to make her take this $149 a year service? Well, you know, it it really isn't my place to be making statements like that. All I can tell you is, in my opinion, computers are stupid and they only do what somebody tells them what to do. Uh, If I work with people, I make every attempt to make absolutely certain that they are self-sufficient in the maintenance. Um, A lot of these things that appear to be Microsoft, she may have even called a Microsoft telephone number and it ended up going to an outside vendor that specializes in what I like to call outside support. Um, So it's really much better if she learns the difference between hard drive space and RAM and does most of her maintenance herself. And But to make a statement like that, that Microsoft is programming it in, I just couldn't do that in good conscience. Uh, but thank you for the call, and if she has trouble, have her give me a call, and we'll get her squared away. All right, let's go to Bill in Prior Lake. Bill, you're on Tech Talk. Hello. Guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, is there an application or a program on, under Windows that uh, will compare to very large directories that are nearly identical, but over the past couple of years, um, each of them have have added new files. What I'd like to do is get get rid of one completely, but I I don't dare just delete it because it because between the two they each have some files that the other one doesn't have. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to move the files together and delete the duplicates. Is that what, what, um, what kind of software is this? Is this word processing, spreadsheet? What, what, what software are you working with? Uh, it's photos. It's music. It's word processing, spreadsheet. It's everything. Yeah, it sounds to me like you've got two profiles created. Um, you're going to have to do some work with Windows Explorer combining your data. Um, a little bit lengthy to go into over the radio. Give me a call next week. We'll connect up remotely, and I'll take a quick peek and show you how to solve this issue. You are not the only one dealing with this. 
data structure and data management is getting completely out of control. And really, if you you got to kind of think of it as a bookkeeping system, and it's really easy for this to happen. If you download a file and you guide it to a folder, the next time you go to download a folder, the last folder that you guided that to becomes your default. And if you forget to change from documents to pictures, for example, now pretty soon you got a clutter going on. Yeah, this is pretty common, but a little bit lengthy to go on over the radio. Thank you for the call, and I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, duplicate files and sorting those out, making sure you don't dump something that was a standalone, that is a challenge when, you, when you've got files all over the place. And, and we've talked about it before, and a quick follow-up before we go to the phones again. Mike and Greg are waiting, yeah, and uh, Diane as well. Um, staying organized, naming files. Uh, when when you when you save photos, sometimes you know because once again, digital space relatively cheap. You'll snap five or six images. Typically, I'll do it on a plane when I'm headed down to Arizona to visit my daughter. I'll go through my phone and go, oh, I can get rid of that photo. You know, it, it takes time. You oh, know, yes. to to manage this data. And uh, keep these devices clean and make sure you don't have duplicates and uh, redundant stuff you don't need. Staying on top of it is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like any other life habit, Steve. Once you get in the habit of doing something and you get on top of it and you stay on top of it, it's much, much easier. Well, it's kind of like that Saturday night shower, whether I need it or not. Well, you better, if you're like me, you better take one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to the uh, uh, phone uh, again and bring in Mike and Kenyon. Hello. Hey, Doug, this is Mike. Uh, We've got uh, Windows 10 forced upgrade that was jammed down our throat, both on a desktop and a laptop. And uh, one of them took seven hours to download via satellite transmission. Oh, you're lucky it was successful. This is that Goofy Falls Creator version. Oh, what sure. the devil's going on with it? I see all kinds of things like Xbox connections and other things show up, and it's really changed the structure of how I've stored files. I've had to put patches in for other software that I'd purchased. I mean, how can this be happening uh, that they force this upon you? Any way to guardrail that? Well, if, if you can get it back to your original operating system, which you can legally do by reinstalling, it, for the first six months... You could have done a rollback. That's gone now. That's passed. You actually are going to have to do a complete reinstall of Windows. And most people who go through this, I recommend that they go out and they buy a new hard drive. Start with a fresh hard drive. That way your data is secure. And as long as you're doing that, you might as well be taking a look at how much data you have and contemplating a solid-state drive. If As long as you're going through this, when you're done, your computer might as well run at minimum four times the speed it did prior. Now, an SSD drive is not going to do a whole lot for your Internet speed. You mentioned you had satellite. Um, if you've got that running on a stable basis, that's excellent. But your best approach at this point is to just start fresh if you had a Windows 7 machine and go back to that. Unless you can reconfigure your 10 to shut off a bunch of this stuff. Um, give me a call next week, and I'll kind of explain to you what we're what I'm talking about, and we'll go from there. And thank you for the call. All right, Doug, we have Doug's uh, phone number and email at the end of the program. Uh, let's go to Greg in New Hope. Greg, you're on the air. Hello. 
Uh, good morning. Hi, Greg. Uh, What's up? Uh, well, I have an, uh, an Acer 23-inch monitor on a uh, HP computer. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, after the uh, automatic updates from Windows, uh, the resolution changed from what the manufacturer suggests, 1920 by 1080 you bet. by 60, to 1280, 1024. And I can't figure out how to get it back. I don't think that has anything to do with your monitor. Uh, this is a driver issue with your display adapter. Um, you you got to get into your device manager. And if you're in Windows 10 and don't know how to find it, when you click start, just go into that little search box and type in device space manager, pull it open, go to your display adapter, right click on it, slide down and left click properties and tell it to roll back the driver. That's your best approach. This is very common. Sometimes Windows 10 will take a view of a driver and not get the right revision of that hardware correct. Uh, but if you roll it back, you should be back in business in no time at all. And I hope that helps. Thank you for the call. All right. A lot of great calls. We promise we'll go to more in a moment from the text line. Uh, Windows 7 Sony laptop replaced a hard drive with an SSD drive. Samsung Magician did the transfer, but I can no longer create a restore file. Says it cannot find that location. What could be going on? Uh, I normally shut off Windows Restore, so but it's um that should be working it unless you don't have enough room on your drive. Now, if you took a terabit drive out of that computer and you went with 120 gig and you had 115 gigabytes of data, it may not have enough room to create that restore point. I'm not real big on them restore points. I, they take a lot of disk space. They take a lot of time. And if you go to turn your system back, turn the clock back, it's real common that it's not successful. So I do things a little bit differently. All right, Doug. So real quick follow-up to that. If, if people want to go with an SSD drive, great idea. Um, you, you've talked about taking that old hard drive, getting a case for it, Absolutely. and having that. That is a new external, if you will. Absolutely. You know, and really, you don't want to just take equipment out and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. If you've got a desktop, for example, you can buy a three-and-a-half-inch hard drive enclosure for $20. You take your old hard drive, slide it in there, two screws, comes with a USB cable and a power source, and you plug it in and you've got an external drive. That way you're not disrupting any of your data. And you can take your time transferring and reorganize your data right. at that same time. If you happen to have a laptop, the enclosures I use, you're going to love this, Stevie. They're $6 a piece. There's no reason to throw that drive away. If the drive is bad is one thing. But 90% of these drives will run just fine when they're not a static boot drive. Their data's still there as long as it's running for $6 or $20. Just hang on to it. It just makes common sense. Yeah, and easy to do that file transfer, and uh, you oh, can sure. take your time. Absolutely. Right. Here's a good one. I have a home desktop PC, uh, or should I have a home desktop PC set to home network or public network? I have Wi-Fi, no need for work access. Which is safer? What should they do there? Well, if you're connecting with uh, an Ethernet cable, Windows will always come up and ask you, is this home or work? 
Select work. That's me. Now, as far as the private, in Windows 10, if you select a private, you're not sharing your files on that computer with other devices within your house, like your TV. Almost every smart TV at this point can actually connect to your computer and vice versa. I mean, it's amazing the connectivity that we have available today. It really kind that of we depends. don't even know about. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, when we think about the privacy thing and Windows 10, if you've got your Windows 10 configured properly, so you're not shuffling files out to update your neighbor's computer, which is getting to be a huge issue as well, and you're not getting updates from your neighbor's computers. I don't know why Microsoft did that, but they did, other than to save bandwidth on their end. Um, if you've got it configured properly, you can have it set up as a shared network within your local area network as long as you've got security properly configured on your router. It's a whole deal. It's not just one machine. If you've got a network in your house, and by the way, Stevie, nearly all of us do today. That I don't know too many houses that really don't specifically have a full-blown local area network and connected to a wide area network with their Internet provider. So it sounds complex, but once you see how it all works, it really is quite simple. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more. We'll squeeze in more calls. The hour's gone by so quickly today. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart here in studio on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Tech Talk moving along today. Doug Swinhart in studio. Let's go to the phone lines again. Squeeze in a few more. Uh, We invite you and uh, beg you to go quick. Uh, Diane and Blaine. Diane, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, I have a messed up laptop. Okay. It's my display. Um, my cat was laying next to the laptop. I decided to close the laptop because I was taking a nap. Unfortunately, I didn't close it tight. The cat's tail got caught in the laptop between the monitor and the keyboard and now i have three-fourths of display yeah uh listen give me a call a little bit later this afternoon i should be home about three fifteen, and i'll walk you through what we're gonna have to do i'm um, sorry we just kind of backed up on calls today yeah kind of tight on time uh, good luck with that diane we'll have doug's number and email yep. momentarily let's go to mark in plymouth mark you're on the air hello hi guys say uh I just wanted to say that. Uh, are you there? Yes. Yeah. Are you there? All right, uh, yeah. Sorry, Mark. Uh, you got to turn your radio down for a moment. Let's uh, bring in Mike and Kenyon. Mike, you're on the air. Mike, hello. Mike. All right. Uh, well, let's just finish out the show here. Uh, where there's a bit of confusion on uh, the phone lines. Happens. Uh, um, Doug, uh, what could be the problem with that monitor real quick? What, well, actually, actually, I think what she's going to need to do here, is she's going to have to shut down her computer completely, take the battery out, unplug it, turn it back right side up, hold her button down for at least 30 seconds and clear the CMOS, put it all back together and give it a shot. Unless it's damaged physically, she should come back to life. Okay. All right. Yeah. We because, hope. because I know touching screens and. 
uh, if, if it's not designed to be a touchscreen, sometimes these monitors can be very sensitive. One can create what's called a hot spot. Even uh, when we think our fingers are nice and dry, if there's a little bit of human moisture on there and we go to touch that, the static will go towards that moisture and create a hot spot. Now, if she's got one of them, then the display has to be replaced or live with the white dot forever. All right. Uh, from the text line, what's the best Linux for newbies? Or is it really dependent on the equipment you have? Actually, I, I, I would have to say hands down, in my opinion, would be Linux Lite. It, it, it's, it's simple to install. Um, it looks like Windows, feels like Windows. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of glitz and glitter, uh, a little bit simpler interface, but fast, and it's built directly on a Debian base. It's not built on Debian, Ubuntu, and then Linux Lite. It's uh, it's pretty clean, very, very clean. Linux Lite, and you can get to that at Linux Lite OS for operating system, L-I-N-U-X-L-I-T-E-O-S.com. Beautiful, beautiful operating system. All right, uh, Doug, I'm not asking you to resolve my Facebook problem, but I'd like to know if you're aware of a help desk uh, email address or telephone number. Trying to find that's been like trying to find the holy grail. (laughs) Uh, Facebook is saying it doesn't recognize my email address. What could be going on there? Well, that's bizarre if you use that email address to set it up. Um, it may be easier to create another account and just let the good times roll. I, I'm not exactly certain what happens on Facebook. Uh, I've got an email that I haven't used with Facebook for probably 25 years, and they're still sending me stuff. I, I don't know. I would be concerned that somebody else had access to that email address, especially if it was uh, at msn.com or at aol.com. If that had been compromised and people were actually using it in addition to you, it could have been blacklisted. And that would be the only – just set, just get a hold of Facebook and see if you can get them. But they're um, – I like the analogy. It's like trying to find the holy grail. Yeah. That's – um. <laughs> I, I'm going to use that. That's that, good. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. funny. That's um, good. All right, Doug, we've got to run. Uh, how do people – uh, get a hold of you. What's the easiest way? Email, phone number, etc. Thank you. 651-552-9543. And, of course, WCCOtech.com. WCCOtech.com. 651-552-9543. And thank you, Steve. All right, Doug. We'll see you next week, uh, the, the 23rd. Oh, uh, I'll be here. Hard, hard to believe. How, how quick uh, time is going. Uh, once again, uh, Tech Talk with Doug Swinhart, Saturdays between 1 and 2 o'clock here on CCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.